0: Yo Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth, that shit Yo Beth. crazy. On a Monday! It's All Even with your boy, Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube, so like, share, and subscribe to that. What a Monday we have, lots to get into, NFL week 8 is in the books, we got Monday night football, that's gonna be a, uh, an okay game I guess, we also got a whole bunch of trades that's happened in the NFL, a lot of injuries, we're gonna talk about Bill Belichick and is he really a genius or, I don't know, Tom Brady has a new roommate, and the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, so let's just jump right into it. Week 8 is a wrap. It's definitely going to be a wrap tonight after Monday Night Football, but we have some great games. I definitely want to talk about a few games, as I always do. First game I want to talk about is the Raiders and the Browns. Next game I want to talk about is the Chargers and the Broncos, Steelers and Ravens, Seahawks and 49ers. And then we're going to preview the Monday Night Football game. So let's talk about the Vegas Raiders against the Cleveland Browns. Raiders win this game 16-6. to It was an ugly game. It was just, it was hard to watch. But the Raiders toughed it out. You know, they didn't, the defense really couldn't get to Baker Mayfield. They didn't really have a great pass rush on Sunday. But they still made a lot of big plays. There were some big drops on Cleveland side of the ball. So, execution was the key in this game. And Derek Carr made some great plays with his legs to extend drives and you know, keep things going. So it wasn't a stat-stuffing type of game, but the Raiders showed Moxie. They showed that they can be able to win ugly. They can be able to win in any type of situation. They, they can win in a shootout. They can be able to win gritty. I like this Raiders team. I think that they have a special unit. They they really have a good bunch. And John Gruden has done such a fabulous job with this organization Bringing back some life, giving them some character, you know, giving them an identity. On the Browns side, Baker Mayfield is terrible, man. Like I, I don't, I don't see the talent there. I don't know what they're going to be able to do going forward. Twelve for twenty-five, one hundred and twenty-two yards passing, sixty-two passer rating, thirty-nine point seven QBR. Kareem Hunt was all they had yesterday. Fourteen carries, sixty-six yards. You know, Jarvis Landry, 52 yards catching. Um, it, it was it was tough to see, man. And they're going to continue to struggle like this against really good teams. They can beat up the bad teams. Hey, you know, that's a part of your schedule, too. That's really important, as you got to beat the bad teams. But you also got to be competitive against the good teams as well. If it wasn't for the Raiders' failure on a goal line situation, they would have been up more points. So. They couldn't stop the Raiders rushing the ball. Baker Mayfield couldn't pass it. People were dropping balls. It was it was a bad look for the Browns, but I, I just don't have any faith in this team going forward. Stefanski is a good coach, but he needs to realize that Baker Mayfield ain't it. Next game we're going to talk about is going to be the Chargers and Broncos. Chargers lose this game, I have to say that, 30-31 to because they basically choked it away. I don't understand how it happened, but this is a trend with this team that they've continued to do this. They get up and get big leads and then give it away. I I was dumbfounded when I was watching this game. And Herbert had a pretty decent game, 29 for 43, 278 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. The running game was good for the Chargers. Justin Jackson, 89 yards. Pope had 67 yards. Joshua Kelly, 32 yards. So the team rushed for 210 yards. Mike Williams had 99 yards receiving. Kareem Allen, 67 yards. They were up 24-3 to at one point in this game. And they lost. And it's it's happening to this franchise and this coach, and I feel bad a lot. And is this an indictment on Anthony Lynn? Or is it the defense? I mean, listen. Phillip Rivers was here and had the same problem. So maybe you can look at Anthony Lynn, but that's the defense too. If the defense can't stop anybody, how is that the head coach's issue? That's the defensive coordinator's problem, right? But while I'm bashing the Chargers, you got to give respect to the Broncos. They never gave up. Drew Locke, 26 for 41, 248 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. Phillip Lindsay had a big run, 55-yard you know, dashed to the, to the finish line. He had 83 yards rushing. Jerry Judy came up big as well with 73 yards. Hamilton had 82 yards. And Hamler had the game-winning touchdown at the end. Had his butt down and everything. It was, it was a great catch. Great comeback by the Broncos. And, you know, you're seeing two teams that have young pieces. They have young quarterbacks. They're trending in the right direction. You know, the Broncos, they had a lot of injuries. They had a lot of things going on with them this season, but they're fighting. And that's one thing that you can give credit to Vic Vangio for. They're fighting. And kudos to them. For the Chargers, like I said, I've heard a lot of chatter and talk about Anthony Lynn needs to go. Anthony Lynn needs to get fired. I don't believe so. I believe that this is a defensive issue, and they have to fix it. They got to find the perfect... Guys that they need or the perfect coach that can have the scheme that they need for these players. But what's happening is a it's a mental breakdown. They're just going to sleep. And listen, it's a natural thing to be able to be up big points and kind of take your foot off the gas. But man, when it happens more often than not, you got a problem. You really do got a problem. Next game after this is going to be the Steelers and Ravens. Steelers win this game 28-24 to in a shootout. It was great. It came down to the last play. Steelers made a great play, and then that was it. It wasn't a great performance by Ben Roethlisberger, but the defense showed up. They frustrated, and they got to Lamar Jackson. They made sure that they kept him in check. He had an up-and-down game. Lamar Jackson had, what, 208 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, pass rating of 65. He didn't have a great game. J.K. Dobbins had a great game on the ground, though, 113 yards. Edwards, 87 yards. So as a team collectively for the Ravens, 265 yards rushing, which is great. But everything else was just, was blah. You know what I mean? Their defense wasn't that good. And the turnovers killed them. The turnovers really killed them. So kudos to the Steelers for winning this game. Like I said, Big Ben didn't have a great game, 182 yards, two touchdowns. Connor, 47 yards, rushing a touchdown. Juju Smith has seven catches, 67 yards. Ebron had a touchdown. Claypool, too. He continues his, you know, torrid pace in regards to being a rookie and just getting touchdowns. But this is my problem with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was the MVP last year, and I knew that there was going to be a regression type of season where he's still going to be good, but he's not going to put up the numbers that he put up last year because there's a book on him now. People kind of understand how to game plan for him. He's still a great player. You can only contain him in regards to the rushing, but passing is his weak point. There's still some inaccurate throws that he makes. There's still some bad decisions that he'll do. There's still a lot of room for improvement. So I'm not, you know, I've I'm a I'm a Lamar Jackson supporter, but I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of how people. Want to say, oh, yo, he's the best. thing. Nah, he's not that. Can he be that? Possibly. But right now he's he's a little better than Michael Vick was. And Michael Vick wasn't an accurate quarterback at all. He wasn't an accurate passer. He was a freakish athlete. But he never learned how to be a quarterback until very, very late in his career when he was with the Eagles. And at that point, you know, it was it was too late for him. So what are we saying about Lamar Jackson? Can he be able to lead this team to a Super Bowl? I believe he can. It's going to take a lot of work, though. He has to learn how to be a quarterback. And for right now, he's just a superior athlete, but he's not a quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger is a quarterback, and he has the Super Bowls to prove it. If Lamar can be able to get to that level, then fine. He can be able to be successful and win a lot of Super Bowls or win some. If not, sorry to say, he may fizzle out like Cam Newton. It's, you know, it's his ceiling is really, really high. But will he ever get there? Who knows? I I think he's going to be somewhere between his basement and his ceiling. Right there in the middle, which is still pretty good. But is it good enough to win Super Bowls? That's the question. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, listen, they're 7-0. They are the best team in the AFC. Ben Roethlisberger continues his pace to be the comeback player of the year. And they they just do everything well. They have guys that can catch it on the outside. They run the ball well. They have a very good offensive line. Their defense is nasty. Nasty. Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt. Hayward, they're just nasty. They tackle well. They don't really give up big, big plays like that. They're impressive, man. They're really impressive. And kudos to Mike Tomlin. That's my guy. I remember, you know, a couple years back, I even had, you know, Mike Guido, who's basically my partner in crime, say, oh, uh, Mike Tomlin needs to get fired. He's not a good coach. Shut up. What are you talking about? Mike Tomlin has always been a good coach, and he continues to show people that he's a great coach. He's a great coach, and nobody else can be able to do this job. He's done it well. Stop hating on Mike Tomlin. He's a great coach. After seeing the Kansas City Chiefs beat up on the Jets, you know, they're still vying for that top spot, but I still think that, you know, the Steelers are a little better, just a little bit better. Not talking about a lot, just a, just a slight tad. So, you know, I, I really like what I'm seeing, man. I, I'm i a big fan of Juju. I hope that he gets more consistent because he's had a rough season. The last couple weeks he's been pretty good. But he needs to step up big for this team to be able to get to the next level. And let's get to the last game, the 49ers and the Seahawks. Seahawks win this game 37-27. to 27. And trust me, it wasn't that close. Russell Wilson continues to amaze and just tear the doors off of this season. 261 yards passing, four touchdowns, no interceptions. The guy is, he's ridiculous. It's just, he's a video game. Uh, You know, the running game wasn't all that great. They didn't have any of their big backs. They had a bunch of, you know, Guys off the street, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? But they did the job. Collectively, they had 100, 100 yards on the ground, a touchdown. DK Metcalf was the talk of the night. 12 catches, 161 yards, two touchdowns. Light work for him. This guy continues to make people's jaws drop. I mean, for a wide receiver to be that big, that muscular, that fast, that physical, it's not fair. Because all you have to do, if it's a third and one, it's a fourth and one, just have him slant right across the middle and he's going to catch the ball. There's no cornerback that can be able to physically out muscle this guy to stop him from getting where he got to go. And the sad part is, too, is that even if you try to push up on him and try to get physical, he's going to run by you because he's the fastest guy on the field. He's the LeBron James of football. It doesn't make sense, man. The guy, I, I was watching it yesterday, and he was making catch after catch after catch. He was going across the middle, five yards. Going across the middle again, two yards. He was going across the middle again, three yards. There was nothing that the 49ers could have done to stop him. This guy is, when coming out of, coming out of Ole Miss, we knew he was a freak. And the combine, he proved to everybody that he was a freak. But yet team still said, "And I don't know. You know, this guy's, he's, he's jumping off the page. Runs faster than everybody, can bench press and he has a burst of speed and he's a, he's a, he's electric. And eh, we're still going to take seven other wide receivers before him." What? And but then you let Russell Wilson get him. Come on, man. Foolish, foolish scouts. But kudos to him. He's going to continue to be great. Uh, The one thing that I want to see improve with DK Metcalf is his footwork. He's physical, yes. He's fast, absolutely. But if his footwork gets better, there's nobody, and I repeat, nobody that's going to be able to stop this guy from doing whatever he wants to do. He's just going to continue to move up the chains of all-time great receivers. He has the potential to do that. Will he? I don't know. We all know that football is a cruel bitch, and injuries happen, but if... If everything goes well, man, we could be looking at the next Megatron. Possible. I mean, it's a little blasphemous now. I get it. But it's possible. In quotations. Possible. For the 49ers, it's it's all a mess for them. Uh, Garoppolo is now hurt. He's going to be out several weeks. Even before he got hurt, they, they weren't doing anything offensively. They were just dead in the water yesterday. They couldn't do anything. Kittle couldn't get off. It was was sad to watch. And then Nick Mullins entered the game. And Nick Mullins, he lit it up. 238 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Nick Mullins can be able to get this offense going. Will they win games? Who knows? But Nick Mullins is a capable NFL quarterback. He can get it done. And I'm going to say this too. Kyle Shanahan has a problem. Kyle Shanahan needs to start to evaluate Jimmy Garoppolo a little closer because maybe Jimmy Garoppolo ain't the answer for San Francisco. Maybe it's Nick Mullins. Who knows? Just because Nick Mullins wasn't highly touted doesn't mean that he's not capable of doing exactly what you need him to do to get this team to the playoffs. That's the goal, right? The goal is not to tank the season or prepare for next year. It's to possibly make the playoffs. Now the football guys have kind of made the decision for you, so you have to start Nick Mullins because Garoppolo was going to be hurt for a while. So you're going to see a lot of him, and I'm sure Kyle Shanahan is going to be like, hmm, man, I got Nick Mullins. It's pretty good. I don't, I don't know. And Jimmy comes back. All right, Coach, I'm, I'm ready to go. Uh... Maybe Nick Mullins needs to finish the season out, Jimmy. You know, just see see where it takes us. We ha, we're, we got a good thing going right now. That's possibly what may happen. But it's sad to see that the 49ers have so many injuries. It's tough, man. You know, it, Kittle's going to be out eight weeks. So that's basically the season. And we're going to see what type of moxie this team has. What type of fight do they have to make the playoffs, to galvanize and come together and make another run at it. We'll see. We shall see. Now let's talk about that Monday night football game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New York Giants. I picked the Giants to win this game cuz I was trolling. Tom Brady struggles against the Giants historically, yada yada yada. But listen. Tampa Bay is going to they're going to play a good game. I believe that they win this game. 30 to 15. The Bucks are going to be able to move the ball, run the ball. Um I believe that Scotty Miller is going to have a good game today. I don't know if Mike Evans is going to be able to get off, but Scotty Miller is going to be the guy tonight. For the Giants, listen, Daniel Jones, I I keep hearing people say that Daniel Jones is good or you know, he has he has some potential. I'm still waiting to see it. Because all I see is a turnover-prone, inaccurate quarterback. He has a great arm, but if he can't find the target, then who really cares? So, you know, I'm not impressed. I I need to see more. And honestly, if the Giants continue to lose, I don't see how they don't draft another quarterback. They're not going to say, oh, yeah, we're going to go take this defensive player or We're going to go ahead and go offensive line. No, they're going quarterback because you have to. Coming up after the break, the NFL trade deadline is looming, and a lot of teams are making some moves. On a Monday, it's all leaving.
1: so stressed because I hate my job
0: let me guess you're at a dead end job and find it hard not to press the snooze button well come down to Connecticut School of Broadcasting we have campuses in Westbury New York Boston Connecticut New Jersey North Carolina Georgia and Florida Develop your skills in broadcast media that include audio production, television, radio, and sports broadcasting. Learn from industry professionals in a small, intimate class setting for a better experience. The hands-on training is second to none. And if you're worried about what to do after graduation, the Connecticut School of Broadcasting helps you to get job placement. Take it from me, it took me 7 years to get here and it's been the best time of my life. Go to GoCSB.com or dial 1-800-887-2346 for a studio tour. And who knows, maybe you'll be the next media superstar. Welcome back y'all. So the trade deadline is approaching and man, some teams are making some big moves. I like to see it man, I like to see teams go for it. Three teams made some big moves today and I want to see what team actually got the best player and what team is in the best position and what team kind of didn't really help their case. So Steelers trade for the Jets linebacker Avery Williamson, Titans acquire Desmond King from the Chargers, and Quan Alexander gets traded from the 49ers to the Seahawks. So, what team won their trade, and who? What team is in the best position after this trade? I think it's the Seahawks. Quan Alexander is a fine player. That guy can do everything. He's fast. He's aggressive. He's gonna he's gonna be able to shore up that that linebacker core that they have. You put him in there with Bobby Wagner. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. Hopefully, we're gonna see how they utilize him, but. That's going to help this Seattle front seven a great deal because they need help. They need all the help that they can get. They were dominant against the 49ers on Sunday, but the 49ers are banged up. And if the 49ers were at full strength, I don't think that that game goes that way. I think we have a closer game. Do the Seahawks still win? Possibly, of course. But we don't see a dominant blowout the way we saw. So I think that Seattle is the one that actually came out the best between these three trades. The second team that came out the second best will be the Tennessee Titans. Getting Desmond King is a big, big move. Desmond King is a big-time cornerback. He can play. Um, Obviously, the Chargers wasn't going to pay him, and they wanted to cut bait. So the Titans acquire a pretty decent cornerback. He can be able to help them right away. Their defense is still pretty decent. This guy is going to be able to add to it. And they're not going to miss a beat. So kudos to them for making this big move. But the team that kind of doesn't really get affected that much is the Steelers. Steelers acquiring Avery Williamson. Listen, the guy tore his ACL. He got lit up against the Chiefs on Sunday. I read a stat where he was on the field for, I don't know how many snaps, but he gave up like 13 receptions on 190 yards alone. So did the Steelers make a blockbuster, devastating trade? No. They made a trade to be able to shore up their linebacker core. Because they lost Devin Bush, they need a body in there. They need a physical guy that can be able to make some plays. And Avery Williamson can be able to make some plays. He's not a spectacular linebacker, but he's pretty decent. And that's all the Steelers really need in that particular defense. They just need guys that can be able to make plays and be, you know, a backup for guys who are out of position. Avery can be able to do that. So all three of these teams did well. But like I said, I believe that the Seahawks did the best because they're the ones in dire need of some serious defensive help. And they got some help. I believe it's going to help them right away. He's going to be able to fit in seamlessly. And this is going to help them. Hopefully, maybe they make another deal so they can be able to help that secondary as well. But this was a big, big move for the Seahawks. They see exactly what's going on this season, and they're going for it. So you got to respect that. Got to respect that. Who else is going to be making a trade at the deadline? There's so many teams out there that need certain things, and it's really hard to kind of guess or even see what the landscape is in the NFL when it comes to trades. It's not like the NBA where you can kind of have a pulse and un- and understand what's going on. So I'm going to be spitballing here. I believe that the Dallas Cowboys tried to acquire Ryan Fitzpatrick at the deadline. The reason why I say that is because Dallas still feels that they're still in this division. And the fact that their defense played pretty well last night against the Eagles, against those shitty Eagles, I think that Jerry, instead of waving the white flag, is going to be like, yo, we still have a chance. If we can be able to get a good quarterback in here like a Ryan Fitzpatrick to to catch lightning in the bottle with these young receivers that we have, I think we have something special here. So don't be surprised if Jerry Jones makes a big play for Ryan Fitzpatrick. I just have a feeling that that's going to be a thing. I believe that the Saints... The Saints may end up trying to get somebody offensively. Look for them to try to acquire a wide receiver. Just I, I'm call me crazy, but I believe that they're trying to shore up that wide receiver position because it's been a struggle all season without Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is coming back, but how is he gonna look coming back? Is he gonna be a hundred percent? Can you rely on him week to week? They don't know that. So rather than play the guessing game, go get yourself a wide receiver and allow Michael Thomas to work himself back into the offense. That's the smart thing to do. Will they do it? I don't know. Another team that might make a move as well may be New England. I think the Patriots are going to be in the market for a wide receiver. If they can be able to afford it, because the cupboard may be bare for Bill Belichick, but if a team is willing to give up one of their disgruntled wide receivers and take back a five or a six, maybe Bill pulls the trigger and gives Cam some more help. You know, it's 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 possible. It's it's extremely possible to see that happen. So I, there's going to be a lot of movement. I, I believe that there's going to be some offensive players move before tomorrow's deadline. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. In other news, though, Tom Brady has a new roommate. It's very interesting. Tom Brady has taken Antonio Brown in. He has told the organization... That he's going to keep A.B. on the right path and make sure that everything goes fine. We all know that this is Tom Brady's organization right now. He runs it and whatever he says goes. But honestly, this really makes me happy, man. Because for whatever reason, Brady and A.B. hit it off. These guys couldn't be more different. And they came together. They had this bond for the little time that they spent together and they kept in contact and made sure that they said, you know, if if this thing goes well and I could be able to get reinstated or whatever, I'm coming to, to Tampa Bay. I'm really happy to see this, man. I am pulling for A.B. I've been a huge fan of A.B. since day one. I hope that the guy can be able to find some peace off the field because he's such a great player. He was on a Hall of Fame track before all of these off the field mistakes, bad decisions, just... A whole bunch of dumb bonehead stuff that he, he got himself into. This guy is a great player. And if Tom Brady can be able to unlock that again, Tampa Bay has something special. Something that Mike Evans, something that Chris Godwin can't give them. A.B., when he's on top of his game, is one of the three best receivers in football. That's not an exaggeration. The guy can do it all. At 5'10", 5, 5'11", 5, he can take the ball over the top. He can make tough catches across the middle. There's no route that AB can't run. His footwork is impeccable. If they can find a way to, to make this work, man, ugh, magic. Magic is going to happen, and, and there's a possibility. And I'm going to shout out my man Basco and Book for this because they've been Screaming into the heavens all season that Tampa Bay ends up in the Super Bowl, that they're the first team to host the Super Bowl and get there. Sports have a funny way of working itself out. And if Tom Brady wins this Super Bowl, Tom Brady is the god of football. Can't nobody say nothing? I won't be able to tell anybody anything because the narrative will be there, and you can't, you can't argue it. <laughs> you really can't argue it. Coming up after the break, is Bill Belichick really, really a genius? On a Monday, it's all even. Yo, yo, what up? It's your boy DJ G Money, representing that Flip the Script podcast. But listen, right now I'm listening. I'm tuned in. I'm tapped in to a brand new podcast called the All Even Podcast with my man Barry Grant. Yo, B, what's up, man? Congrats on the new podcast. I'm listening right now. I'm tuned in. Fire. Fire fire all even we here let's go welcome back y'all genius legend hall of fame coach six super bowls a defensive mastermind that this game has never seen before all of these things are true about bill belichick bill belichick is a walking monument when it comes to football but the one thing that you can't really say that Bill Belichick has a a firm grasp on how to choose is quarterbacks. Bill Belichick can be able to take a wide receiver out of a Division three school and turn him into a Hall of Fame player. Bill Belichick can be able to take a kid from a Division three school defensively and turn him into... One of the team's best all-time greats. We've seen him do this. We've seen him do this with numerous players. But the one thing that we've never seen Bill Belichick actually do is draft a great quarterback. Outside of Tom Brady, let's just put Tom Brady to the side. Bill Belichick had Drew Bledsoe, was failing with him before Brady got in there. Tom Brady then got hurt, and here came Matt Castle. Won 111 games, played pretty well in that Bill Belichick system. Then he left and got a big, big contract, and Matt Castle was no more. He was not even an average quarterback after that. Then you have Jacoby Brissett. Nothing to write home about. He's on the Colts right now, and the Colts were so confident in Jacoby Brissett coming back that they went ahead and signed Philip Rivers to $30 million a year. Next, we have his love affair with Brian Hoyer. He then took a chance on Tim Tebow. He then drafted Jimmy Garoppolo to take Tom Brady's place. And the Patriots almost broke apart and fell apart because of it, right? So he had to trade him off to San Francisco and he didn't want to. But look at Jimmy Garoppolo now after... You know, having that big contract, signing that big deal, getting to a Super Bowl last season, and he's starting to look like they may have made a mistake and, eh,
1: it's
0: time to cut bait. You got Jared Stidham now that's there. Eh, nothing to write home about. And now you have Cam Newton, a former MVP, got to a Super Bowl that looks shot. Hopefully it's not true. But for right now, he looks shot. So all of these guys that Bill Belichick has ran into the organization and has experimented with, none of them worked out. Why is that? Maybe Bill Belichick doesn't know how to see a good quarterback. Sometimes when you're great at something in regards to, like, defense, he's a great defensive mind, that can make you a little bit cocky that you know what, an offense is supposed to look like or you know what a quarterback is supposed to be doing because you're a defensive guru. You've seen everything. You know exactly what type of throw this guy is going to make. So I can be able to take this Division 3 guy, or this Division 2 guy or this low D1 guy and make him a star in my system. Because I don't I don't need a superstar quarterback. It's not it's not the truth. What happened with Bill Belichick is that he caught lightning in a bottle. He had Drew Bledsoe and took a chance on this skinny kid out of Michigan who was not the actual starter because he was sharing and splitting games, splitting reps between him and Drew Henson. And he said, ah, let's take a chance on him. And he actually found arguably the greatest quarterback ever. But outside of that, there's nothing there. The cabinet is bare. So why should we look at Bill Belichick as this great team builder? He's a great defensive mind, and his system has worked over the years. But at the end of the day, you still need a great quarterback to win you games. Six Super Bowls, all won by Tom Brady. There has not been another quarterback in Patriots history to win a Super Bowl. It's just him. So you see where I'm getting at here? He thought that he can be able to catch lightning in a bottle again. Oh, I found Tom Brady in the seventh round, sixth round. I can do it again. No, you can't. Because Tom Brady wasn't supposed to go in the sixth round. Scouts just got it wrong. That's all that happened. If another scout got it right a round or two earlier, you wouldn't have had him. Simple. So instead, Bill Belichick... Trades off first round picks, he trades off second round picks, he continues to get third and fourths and fifths and sixth and seventh round picks, that's his thing, right? And now what you're seeing is that the cabinet is bare. There's no talent, because guess what? He's given up all the draft picks. There's a reason why guys go in the first round, second round, third round, it's because of their talent level. There's times where absolutely scouts do miss, but there's scouts for a reason that they don't miss often. If They're, they're not going to miss on two, three, four, five drafts in a row because if they do that, they're not going to be employed anymore. So Bill Belichick has struck out in about four straight drafts, right? Yet he's still employed. Why? Because he's the great defensive guru. He's created this juggernaut for the Patriots. But if he was anybody else, Robert Kraft would say, Get your bags and go. So can Bill Belichick be able to fix this problem? I don't think so because I just don't think he has a eye for quarterbacks. He needs to have somebody else come in there, evaluate, and get the job done. It's worked his way for 20 plus years. They've won six Super Bowls. No other team has ever had success like this and maybe never will. But maybe if he wants to continue coaching, he needs to change it up and do things a little differently. Maybe Bill Belichick needs to actually learn a word and trust someone else. Trust that someone else can have your same vision, but know exactly what they're looking for in a particular field or a particular player. That maybe you can't see. Maybe you haven't seen in 20 years. Maybe you didn't have the ability to see because that's just not your expertise. Trust is what Bill Belichick needs if he's going to continue to be successful. Can he do it? Not sure. Maybe he's too stuck in his ways. You know that saying, when you get older, you're just stuck in your ways. And can't nobody tell you nothing. Maybe that's where Bill Belichick is. And if that's the case, it's time for him to go home. Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the Planet Dummy of the Week! On a Monday, it's all even. This is a public service announcement. Down in your luck? Tired of being curved? Sick of going out with the fellas and being the only loser without a lady? Well, I got something for you. It's called Sex Panther. (laughs) Legend has it that it's made out of real bits of real panther, so you know it's good. To men, it stings the nostrils, but to women, you may as well be a slab of meat in the dog pound. And that's not all it does. You could be getting ready to see that special fox and disaster hits. No money in the budget for gas, only dinner for two. No problem. The fumes from Sex Panther can give your car 38 miles to the gallon. Sold you yet? I thought so. For $69.99, go from unlovable loser to the cock in the walk. Sex Panther. 60% of the time, it works every time. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the Planet Dummy of the Week. Dummy. Yeah. We pick candidates on Monday and Friday, and then we pick the winner on that Friday show. So this week, <laughs> there must be an idiot full moon out, <laughs> because I don't get it. May I have the drum roll, please? And the candidate is... Javon Wims. Wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. Javon Wims is my candidate for... Because... For some reason, I don't understand why... NFL players believe that... Punching somebody with a helmet on... Is a smart thing to do. (laughs) So... He squares up and kind of shimmies and then hits C.J. Gardner Johnson in the helmet. Then he hits him again. I'm like, bro, you're hitting him with your hand and he has a helmet on. How dumb do you have to be? I don't like coming at people's IQs and stuff, man. I don't like doing that. But there got to be all the glue and all the boogers that he ate as a kid is probably like blocking some sensory in his brain to make him think that punching somebody with a helmet on is a good idea. And then to add insult to the injury, C.J. Gardner-Johnson says that Whims hits like a female. <laughs> now listen, I'm not laughing about him saying, Hits like a female. But well, he's basically saying that, yo, dude ain't got no type of strength in his swings. <laughs> and he had to tell me that. Just by seeing his mannerisms on the field and how he was, like, trying to be tough and trying to, like, you know, he was trying to shimmy and, like, bro, you're doing too much. If you want to knock somebody's head off in football, it's easy to do that, but you... <laughs> You literally took a swing at me, and I got a helmet on. So I don't even have to duck. I can just, like, stand here and watch you punch yourself out. And you're never going to hit me because I have a helmet on. And newsflash, I have a face mask on. (laughs) Yo, he must have left that scuffle like, yo, my hand hurt. Why why is my hand hurt? Everybody looking at him like, you dumbass motherfucker. (laughs) Like, what are you? you punching somebody with a helmet on. Wim's got to be that guy that you know that, like, he'll punch a wall. He gets frustrated. Urgh, he gets mad and punches a wall, and then, like, he ends up breaking his hand. He got to go to the hospital. And you're looking at him like, oh, Yo, you that mad? Were you going to break your hand on a wall? Man, stupid. Now you got to have your parents come up, call out of work, take your dumb ass to the hospital, and get you a cast. Not bright. This is not a bright man. He was definitely probably on his SATs like, so they say to put your last name first and your first name last. Yo, is this a trick question? (laughs) Yo, I I don't care. I'm sorry. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care what Johnson did to you. The fact that you're going to go hurt yourself and look like a complete idiot on national television because he might have did something to you. <laughs> oh, man, I thought that the Miles Garrett situation was over and done with. You got more dummies that are born every second. A dummy is born every second. That's what they say. He looks like, he looks like a flat earther to me. He looks like one of those guys that believes in that. Yo, but what I'm saying is, though, if you keep driving across the country yo you don't fall off or the place don't curve you just continue to go straight <laughs> if CJ Gardner Johnson says that he hits like a female I wonder what Javon Wims's girlfriend says about him hitting you know what shots <laughs> damn that was bad so Javon Wims. Your hand must be the biggest loser right now. But you're possibly a winner for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. I'll see you guys on Friday. It's definitely going to be an interesting Friday because it's going to be after Election Day. And some of those results are going to start coming in. And we possibly may have a definitive winner on Friday. So... I'm going to just leave the last word to one of our pioneers in American history to be able to give you guys some motivation on what to do tomorrow. So until then, stay safe, stay smart, peace.
1: Tuesday, one week from today, the people of this nation must decide whether they want America to remain true to the great words of the Founding Fathers. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We must decide whether those words will be firmly etched into the structure of our nation, or whether we will allow our nation to be relegated to a second-rate power in the world with no moral voice. We must decide next Tuesday whether America will take the high road of justice and peace and compassion for the poor and underprivileged, or whether this nation will tread the low road of man's inhumanity to man of injustice, of short-sightedness. Each of us has a moral responsibility if we are of voting age and if we are registered to participate in that decision. I come here to urge every person under the sound of my voice to go to the polls on the third of November and vote your convictions. Now, I know you are intelligent people, and I don't need to tell you who you should vote for. I don't have any fear about that. You know who to vote for. (laughs) I'm just asking you to vote. Now, just (laughs) if you need, (laughs) very seriously, never before in the history of our nation, as a candidate for the presidency taken such a negative stand on the demands of our Judeo-Christian heritage for justice and understanding goodwill and compassion for the poor and peace. And so all men of goodwill will go to the polls on November the third. And I hope we will have a great day in our nation So that when we wake up on the 4th of November, we will know that America has made the right decision.
0: You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcasts. Listen to the show on SoundCloud. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button.